Ah, close to retirement, or retired already? Time to live the good life, right? Well, you're no longer earning money. You're now withdrawing money each month. And your broker is also withdrawing each month from your account as much as 2 to 3%. And if the market drops, your broker continues to withdraw. Wait a minute. How do we navigate these challenges? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me this morning. I'm Arif Halby at the Total Financial Hour, TFS Financial Insurance Services, and Total Financial Solutions bring you this show on AM870, The Answer. Hey, thanks for spending uh, an hour with me or so. If you have a question, I'm going to give you the number a couple of times throughout the hour. Uh, so grab your pen and paper. Our phone numbers are triple uh, is triple eight ninety nine retire. It's triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Okay. So here's a couple of things I wanted to talk about today, uh, because a lot of times you guys bring the bring the topics to me, uh, and I I appreciate that. You know, many of our listeners, many of Dennis and Larry's uh, listeners throughout the week. Give us a call. We appreciate it. And they talk about various things, issues, concerns, uh, even some even some experiences with other financial professionals, some good, some not so good. Uh, and we share ideas and we see if we can help. But one of the things that seems to keep popping up is this symbolism over substance. So I did some research this week and I thought, okay, symbolism over substance, what does that mean? Well, the old adage of it, it looks like uh, you, you want to look like you're doing something more than actually doing something. You want to look like you are making a difference rather than making a difference. You want to appear as if you are planning for the future, saving for retirement rather than really saving for retirement. So I looked at this and I thought, you know, in, in the last uh, near 16 years on the air, 15 and a half, 16 years on the air, we've done a few shows on the symbolism over substance, especially when these weird propositions would come up, like Proposition 65. Remember that? Uh, I think we've even covered it on the show where, where it says uh, there's chemicals known to the state of California to cause cancer. And everybody was afraid because the lawyers are the ones that put that up, right? It had nothing to do with, with you and I going, whoa, don't go into that building. Why? Look at the sign. Oh, back up. But it, so in reality, they just put the sign everywhere from gas stations to petrochemical uh, plants to restaurants, uh, um, liquor stores, your workplace. Every place has that sign. So the actual value of a sign to say, hey, watch out, there's chemicals known to the state of California to cause cancer means nothing anymore because they just put the sign everywhere. Okay, so what's another example? Vaping. Okay, raise your hand if you thought that was a healthy move. Raise your hand if you thought concentrating anything besides what God put on this earth for us to breathe is a good idea. Uh, of course not. Now, I'm not saying it's you know going to knock you dead tomorrow, but nobody thought that that was a healthy move. Oh, darn. It was either that or the spinach shake. I guess I'm going to vape today. No, come on. You, you understand that 
It's an addiction. It's a habit. It isn't a good habit. There's millions, probably tens of millions of people that do it. And there's 450 or, or 500 people that have passed away. Horrible for those families. Horrible for the, the people involved, the, the friends. But none of you thought it was a healthy move. Well, we thought it was healthier. Then what? Poking yourself in the eye with a stick? Come on. So I, I need you guys to not jump on these, this bandwagon wagon of every time there's a greatest na- yes let's look like we're doing something we're going to hold hearings we're going to hold three news conferences with some big amazing greek and roman pillars behind us and then what we're going to do is we're going to walk through with an entourage people holding a phone and a woman dressed in a beautiful pantsuit uh, looking professional with her glasses and then a jam- uh, no folks there's a reason when you look at chuck schumer on the senate floor and there's always the same lady to his left Did you notice that? It is the same person. Why? Because it's a staffer. She's designed to be there so it doesn't make him look stupid by standing there by himself. Because you know the chamber is empty. Right? Go to Washington for a minute or or go there. There's a reason they don't allow you to have cameras. Like you can't take a cell phone in the Senate chamber if you're a visitor or or in the uh, House chamber. You're not allowed to take pictures unless the formal or, or official photographer is there. And so when you look at these images, you go, wow, it must be filled of people because look how passionate he is. No, there's a lady that's, uh, you know, on her phone or, or taking notes up in the front. There might be another lady or gentleman who's the, the uh, teleprompter person. The first one is the president pro tem, whose job it is is just to kind of keep the thing going, make sure order is, is established. And because Senator Chuck Schumer wants to look like, he wants to appear, he wants to have the symbol of actually speaking to a full room, he requires his staffer, he makes that poor lady sit to his left. <laughs> look and see, it's the same person. I thought, gosh, this is kind of sad, right? The only way you can feel like you're making a difference. How about this? We're going to clean up the environment, so we're going to ban plastic bags. No, 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 straws. No. Nope cups. That's it. The clean air and clean water. So how does that translate into retirement? Because for a lot of us, the symbolism over saving for retirement or look, Arif, I'm trying. I appreciate everybody has their own struggles. Lord knows I'm in the front of that line. We all have them. Different things, different things we like to buy or we buy too many of them or not enough of them or whatever the issue is. But please, don't pretend like you're saving for retirement because time, your watch, the tick-tock of a clock, doesn't have any symbolism. It only has substance, meaning I cannot make five seconds pass when one does, and I cannot stop one second from passing when it comes time for its turn. So you and I have to realize that time, which is our enemy— when it comes to saving for retirement, because there's nothing we can do. We can't convince it. We can't coerce it. We can't buy it. We can buy time on the back end, but I'm talking about the second today. I can't pay this minute $5 to wait, right? Like a a valet who's parking my car. Here's $20. Just keep it in the front. I'll be right back. you You can't do that with time. And it's the great equalizer. So if you were struggling before, you're struggling now, 
time it really crosses this barrier of making it so the rich, the poor, the wealthy, the not so wealthy, the educated, the not so educated, the the wisdom of all of us is measured. It doesn't matter. So how do you plan for time? How do you plan for retirement when the world is filled with a bunch of people on radio and TV that's giving you uh, statistics and percentages and let me give you the square root of a percentage and 47% and 22% and 18. You're like, wow, really? Am I supposed to? So the symbolism of crossing the line in retirement is, oh, and I've had this recently. This is why I'm bringing it up. A gentleman was in my office. He had everything known to man as far as research done. He had two notebooks. And I thought, wow, he has a lot of financial accounts. This is going to take a while. And instead... It's the research on each one of the accounts. Now, I can appreciate not wanting to go to a, a computer. It took me a while to, to trust a computer at, at 51 years of age. I get it, right? I, I kind of had one foot in the old world and one foot in the new world. So you either have to transition. We're not going backwards, by the way, just so you know. The computer is not a temporary thing. Don't trust me with, with electronic predictions because in 1998 or nine, when email started coming out, I said, it's a fad. It's going to go away. Don't even bother. This whole email thing, it's not even real. Yeah. So (laughs) take the opposite of my bets on that in Vegas and you'll be okay. But when we sit down and I, I met with this gentleman, I realized the research he had done, by the time he reviewed everything and he sat down in my office and he showed me everything, some of it was two and three weeks old. So the conclusions that you come up with in a world today, not 100 years ago, but today, where research is literally hour by hour, sometimes less time than that, if you don't keep up with it. So how do you make sure you're not going to get yourself in a world of hurt if you're trying to do research and by the time you gather everything, it's already old and you have to start all over again? That was where we found ourselves with this particular gentleman. So we just had to ask a couple of basic questions. I said, number one, the good news is I live for this stuff. So what I do, the safer money options, that's what I do, right? My job is to not put your money at risk. We're not going to give you a leverage return that's going to give you a maximum. That's not true. Okay, it's just not what we're going to do. Great news is someone else you, you may have heard of, if you've listened to the station long enough, their client popped in the office, said, hey, here's my accounts. We looked at it. It was $190,000. Okay, nice. The fees on that account were almost $6,000 a year, 500 a month. They had it for seven years. So six times five, uh, sorry, uh, seven years, seven times uh, 6,000, about $42,000 in fees. So I said, oh gosh, well, Hopefully you started with maybe 50000 or, or $100,000 and you've made at least double what you've paid in fees and he's made about the same as what he's paid in fees. In other words, he made 50000 he paid 42000 in fees. So really his account made 92000 The broker, Wall Street, the company, whomever on that side of the equation took about half. Now you might say, well, Eric, if I, listen, if you're going to add up the the gains since the day you've put in your account, then you need to add up the fees and just add up your total cost. And at the end, if you say, wow, this is worth it, I'm all for it. 
great news, good job, great, happy, happy. What I don't want is for you to be in a position to where you are comparing, oh, it's only 1%, 2%. And you say, well, that's a pretty good number. That's low. And I've put in 100000 and today it's worth 200 Okay. I like those numbers. Except how long have you had the account? And add up the cost. Had it for 18 years. Add it up. Had it for 18 months. Add it up. So don't ever take the gains and just use those, right? That's the, that's the secret. The mask magician, right? The, the guy who everybody hates if you're in the magic world, but we all can't turn it off because we want to know how they do those, some of those tricks that blow our minds, right? When you watch those, what's the, what's the mask magician, so to speak, with this concept, if I can get close? It's just asking what's my total cost. What is it? Co- not what the fee is because a fee is just one portion of the total cost or could be, depending on how it's structured, in most cases that I've seen, it's one part of the total expenses is a fee, is your total expenses, right? It could be 12B1. It could be expense ratios. You need to ask those questions. We fill out a form. The form is simple. It just tells me, hey, what's this fee? What's that cost? What's this expense? And then we add it all up. And we say, okay, this is it. What do you think? You like it? Yeah, it's great. I love it. Okay, fantastic. Next. Is there another account you want me to look at? Nope, that's the only one, only one I wanted you to look at. Well, thanks for popping in. You saw what it is. You like it. Uh, there's nothing I can help you with. If you want to change, I'm here. That's what we do. My job is to not take your accounts and, and oversell you on something because this whole symbolism over substance where as long as I look like I'm moving things around. We're buying and selling. We're trading. I'm up early. Here's an email at 6.35 in the morning. Let me show you what I'm doing. All of that. Oh, wow. Wow, you're busy. Wow, you're doing great. Wow. Okay, how much did I put in and how much do I have? All the noise in between, that's not my problem. The reason you hire a professional is so that you don't have to sit there over their shoulders. When we had some plumbing work done recently, right? My kids are in the bathroom, flip uh, on the shower, flip the, the uh, handle, and off comes the handle in his hand. He's like, Dad. I'm like, yes. Um, okay, and of course the water was running. It couldn't have broken off when it was off. So I do my you know 10 minutes worth of handyman work, realize I can't do it. So we have to call a plumber. Well, the exciting thing is it's on a Saturday, which means overtime and emergency and all of the other stuff because the water's running. We had to shut it off to the house. So the plumber comes out and my wife says, do you want to be here when he's doing it? I said, no, no, we know who he is. He's a trustworthy person. I'm okay with that. I didn't stand over his shoulder. Well, first, Arif, hand me the Phillips head screwdriver. Okay. Next, hand me the mallet. Next, hand me. I don't care. I said, look, shower doesn't work. It's dripping water. We shut off water to the house. Fix the nozzle so we can turn back water on the house. In between, what's it going to cost me? He tells me. I go, that's a fair price. I'll take it. Done. Right? The more that I, if I was to sit next to him or if he was to, hey, Arif, come on up here. And I go upstairs to the upstairs bathroom and he's, Hey, okay, so 
first this is what I'm doing, and then I'm doing it for this reason with the square root and the percentage of that. And I'm, I would think, why is he telling me? Because I think he knows I don't know, because if I knew, I would do it. So is he telling me to convince himself? Or is he telling me how to fix the plumbing thing because he wants me to believe in him because he doesn't think that I do? Well, look, I asked you to come. Uh, I'm figuring you're, you know what you're doing. In the financial retirement world, you don't want to be somebody who has a, has a financial profession, in my opinion, right? This is my opinion. A financial professional that all they do is move papers around on a desk. That's the symbolism. I am busy, so therefore I am productive. There should be a not equals sign, right? Equals with a line going through it. Busy does not equal productivity. Because busy and productive are two different things. So how do you plan for your retirement life? How do you plan for your retirement future? How do you build your world in financial world uh, in, in financial retirement where you are sitting down step by step and you make sure that you are not crossing the line of this symbolism over some th- substance? So when this gentleman came in and he had these notebooks full of, of information, I said, okay, well, this is great. W- what is it I can help you with? And he said, well, Eric, I have this one account. I said, okay, great. But I want you to review the rest of this information. I said, well, I'm not going to review that. It's not my expertise, number one. I I can't tell you about the the beta ratio, P-E ratio, or whatever operating off of of oil servicing companies in, in which the information was, I don't know, two weeks old. That That's a... It's a lot of time where we're spending on something and at the end, the information is old anyway. So you and your family, in my opinion, should should focus on the real objectives. Like how do I really make sure that I'm saving for retirement? Well, here are five things that I think you should focus on. How do you know you are not somebody who's chasing symbolism over substance? when it comes to retirement, because we see it in even the best intentioned. First, number one, how much money do you need to spend each month? Have a budget. Now, you don't have to say, I spend $2.84 here, $19 there, birthday gifts this. I'm going to keep it simple for you. Go back the last three months, maybe six. How much have you spent? Add up everything. That'll tell you how much you actually spent and then how much came in on the front end. And there you go. Did you live the life you wanted to live? Did you not go into debt? Did you not have to pull from your savings in order to to pay for the things that you wanted to pay for? If that's the case, then that's probably close to your budget. You don't have to get too intricate. You can, but for a lot of people, it's such a daunting task to go through I swiped this much at the gas station. Wait, I need to include this. Just take three months, maybe six, average it out. And if you made that much per month, you could pay for your food, shelter, clothing, and entertainment and insurance. Okay, that's number one. I need a budget. Number two is, how much do you have? How much do you have saved for retirement? Not the emergency side of things. Not the vacation that's coming up next summer. 
but how much do you have set aside for retirement? Now, you might say, well, everything is retirement. No, no, no. When I say the word retirement, you need to hear this. Strategic, so to speak, guaranteed, safe, secure, regular, systematic income. Okay, pick any, any adjective you want to throw in there. But it's income that comes on a regular, consistent basis. Because the larger the chunk of dollars, the more of a guaranteed income stream. The smaller the chunk of dollars, the less reliable of an income stream. And certainly the less dollar figure. If you have $50,000 and you want to take out, oh, I don't know, $2,500 a year, okay, fine. That, that's a good number. You can take out $200 a month from 50000 and have it last for the rest of your life probably. Just don't lose it. Don't put it in the market. Don't have it go backwards. And I, and I would say you're going to be fine. So when you do the math on it, you have to say, how much do I have dedicated for the job of giving me a guaranteed, you know, reliable income stream? Okay. Number three. Number three, which is pretty important, is how old are you? Right? Pretty simple. How old are you? Because in the world of savings, if you're 85 years old, you could probably spend a much higher percentage of what you make or what you have. Why? Because, listen, there's no cure for old age yet. So eventually going to pass away and you're probably closer to that at age 85 than you are at age 65. Right? So, so just know, what is my age? And if you're in your 60s, you could probably withdraw 4 to 4.5%. If you're in your 70s, it's probably 5 to 5.5%. If you're in your 80s, it's probably 55 maybe as high as 6% of what you have set aside. Meaning you're going to earn some interest. You're going to preserve your principal, earn some interest, take some money out. So it's kind of one step forward, two steps back, three steps forward, one step back. Right? You're, you're kind of going to have enough to run this clock out, if you will, for quite a long time. Okay, so that's important. Number four, an important part is where do you want to live? Where do you want to live? And what are, they, what are the costs there? Because today your budget might be great, but what is your budget going to be if you're going to live by the beach in Marina del Rey? Well, it's more than if you're going to go from a home you've owned in, since the 50s where it's paid off and, and everything is fine as far as costs go. Maintenance, you know what's wrong with it. You know what doesn't have to, uh, have to be fixed, what, what does have to be fixed, right? When we live in a home, you kind of know and have tolerance levels of things that, that may or may not be perfect. But now you're going to go to a completely other extreme climate, the beach, where the salt and the air and the uh, humidity. I have friends that live on boats out in the marina, and they said, listen, Arif, uh, mildew is a real problem for us. We have a regular issue where clothes and we have to only use certain fabrics. And I, I didn't even realize that. He said, we're constantly resurfacing the boat. He has a 55, I think, 55-foot uh, sailboat. It's beautiful, beautiful. But he's always out doing something, fixing, repairing. I mean, that's part of his life. He enjoys it. But keep in mind that part of that process, it's a different lifestyle than living in the dry mountains of La Cañada or San Gabriel, right? Those are... It's nice you wanted to live by the beach, but there's a whole new set of things and maybe a whole new set of costs that come with it. 
Okay, so where do you want to live? If you're going to live in another state, you may not even have any income tax. The gasoline tax in California, every time you turn around, they're finding a way to fee people. And the fifth thing that's pretty important is what other sources of income do you have? Social Security, pension, how guaranteed, how secure are they? Do you have an income stream that's a rental property? Do you have income from a mom or grandma's trust? Do those dollars come consistent? Are they never going to run out? All of those things put together a real beautiful and comfortable retirement. That is it, guys. Five things. You don't have to do the research on just know those numbers and we can build an amazing stream of income for you. Give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE. We're going to be back after the break. That's 888-997-3847. The total financial hour. I'm Arif Hallaby on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power. Hey guys, thanks for staying with me. Welcome to the program. I'm Arif Halaby, the total financial hour on AM870, The Answer. I'm uh, Arif again from TFS Financial Insurance Services. Okay, look. Our job is to, to kind of help you, hopefully, manage your financial life a, a little bit. We're not going to manage the money day to day because nobody does that. It's kind of a trick, actually. Uh, you know, always ask, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Broker, are you, are you babysitting my money? Are you watching? Oh, yeah, every day. But then why did you take a vacation? What do you mean? Well, somebody has to keep an eye on my money. It doesn't take a vacation, so be very careful. All right. I want to give you some strategies here, some ideas, if you will, some of the mistakes that people make with Social Security? How do we keep themselves from from getting into trouble um, uh, when it comes to some of the ideas, at least, to consider? Uh, I don't know. We call them some of the biggest mistakes people make with Social Security. First of all, consider this. Just because your sister, cousin, mother, brother, whoever, neighbor, friend, took Social Security at a particular age or did uh, something with their accounts or they started it this way or... doesn't mean that is the right choice for you. There is no such thing as a one-size-fits-all strategy. Just because your friend took it at a particular age or waited until a particular age, it doesn't mean that you should. It's almost like everybody knows that everybody knows this. When you sit over coffee or you meet with friends, people will tell you more about their sex life than they ever will about their financial life. Certainly not the truth. I think they're more apt to be truthful about things that happen in the bedroom than things that happen in the uh, office with their calculator or their 10 key. Why do I say that? It's very simple. Your friend might look like she's doing amazing, but she's on the verge of bankruptcy. Your friend might look like he has an amazing new car or or a set of golf clubs or he's always traveling. And yet... He's living off of his wife's inheritance, nothing to do with his, his choices, business-wise or other. So a lot of this is that appearance or that symbolism over substance that we were speaking of last half hour, which is sometimes as long as I look like I'm doing something or being something, then it must be true. So don't fall, in my opinion, into that trap, right? Because there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all strategy. There's reasons to go and accept or turn on Social Security for one of you, maybe, 
at 62 years or maybe both of you at 62 years of age. And then there's reasons to wait till age 70. It will depend on a whole host of things, where you're going to live, what kind of taxes you're going to pay, on and on. So there is some sort of a kind of a rough method around it, but you have to have you know, the foundation, for, uh, of course, first, to know that you're not going to be the same as everybody else. Okay? It's a complex uh, formula, and I don't know why it has to be so complex, but apparently it is. So you have to be very careful. Okay, now, we have seen this happen probably at least half the time, which is somebody comes in. I said, what's your Social Security? Oh, it's about 2000 And then they come in, and by the time Medicare is taken out and everything else is withdrawn, it's really like 1600 because they guessed low, and that was only the number if they worked a little longer. And then before you know it, it's really not even close to the, the number they had originally planned. Now, you might say, oh, it's only a few hundred dollars. Really? Well, there's your gas for your car. That's your car insurance. Or that could even be your electric bill. So as long as you're not going to turn on the electricity or the water all, all month, then you guessed correctly. So be very careful. You can go online today. It used to be we had to wait in January for those statements to be sent out. Today you can now go online and you can pick the numbers that you had before. Uh, my experience has been it's more men that take the risks unnecessarily than it is the women. And here's what I mean by that. For a lot of people, they say, well, you know, I, my ship didn't come in or I took a chance and I lost. And we look and say, okay, well, let's, let's kind of look at everything. And when you do the math and you say, okay, how many years have you worked? 20 years. Well, you've worked more than that. Well, yeah, I probably worked 40 or 50. Okay, well, let's just say You've averaged 100000 a year times 20 years. Maybe some years you've earned more, some years you've earned less. Maybe you've worked for 30 or 40 years. I got it. But that means you've earned at least $2 million in your lifetime. Right? $2 million has come through your hands. That's a lot of money. Somebody's rich because of it. Somebody's kids are going to take a great vacation or they're going to have zero student loan debt. Somebody is going to have an amazing home and car. So my point is, you're the one working every month. Don't make it so that you're the only one not winning from your own dollars. So that is part of your planning. That's part of your saving. That's part of the let's build for myself because you're the one working for yourself. It isn't a secret. It isn't a secret where you sit back and you say, hey, well, at least I'm going to start saving a little bit. No, no, no. You're the one who's working. That should be the first thing you do. First thing I do is save. Second thing I, I do is work for everybody else. The dry cleaner, the liquor store, the nail salon, all of those people are going to have a wonderful life. How do we make sure that, that you have a wonderful life? All right? So that's a big uh, a, a realization. So when I say I don't want you to, to, I don't know, guess wrong, you can pull that number. We can answer that question right off the bat. Okay, second. I want you to understand that Social Security will probably not cover fully cover your expenses. That's what a budget is all about. For some people, the home you live in and have lived in for 35 years had a job to do. That was to put your family in a, in a safe neighborhood. It's to make sure your kids attended a wonderful uh, school district. It's to be in a wonderful area close to friends and family in your church. But if a lot of those things have changed now, and your home has gone up in value substantially, which is most of the, most folks' case, 
then maybe it's time for you to move on to the next phase of life. Maybe it's a condo. Maybe it's a single-story townhome. Maybe it is a uh, a single-story home in a golf community with a small backyard so you don't have maintenance and and fees that, that eat up all of that. Right, so so those things realize that there's a season for certain things in your life. Because if you had expected that Social Security was going to cover a big part of your financial life, then I need you to understand one thing: it won't. It was never designed to. It's not supposed to. And if it does, it means you're sacrificing a lot somewhere, up to and including probably with one or two roommates. Probably renting versus buying, probably driving an older car and being underinsured. So there's a lot of things that if you counted on Social Security to be the only source of income for you, I think you're going to be disappointed. Believe it or not, it was only uh, designed to keep you from being homeless. Because if you remember the Grapes of Wrath, you remember the Okies, you remember all of that after the, that, that conversation, that, that uh, migration from the Dust Bowl, right? Great literature. When that occurred in the 30s, could be well, all, all sorts of reasons occurred, right? Over-farming and, and uh, mismanagement of land resources, etc. When that occurred and it pushed people away, they lived in tents just like they are today. The problem was, really, there wasn't as much addiction. Now, there certainly was alcoholism, but it was expensive to get alcohol back then. But today you have alcoholism and drugs, a variety of sources, and it's very inexpensive. In fact, people can steal, and, and that's what they do. How, do. how do you think they get their drug habit? right? You say, oh, those homeless people, they don't bother me one bit. Well, if most of them are there because of addiction issues, and that stuff costs money, guess where they're going to get it from? They're going to convince you that it's for food. right? They hold a sign, and you believe them. Or they say, oh, well, here's I've got something on the other side for you. It is called I want to work for food. And you say, well... I don't have any job for you, but here's $5. Okay, so I don't know whatever percentage. When I was a Los Angeles policeman, I can tell you in my entire time on the street, I found one person that was legitimately homeless because he lost a job. And that was in the morning. By noontime, he had a bunch of business cards uh, and he had had a job for the next day. So... And that was in 1991 in a recession. That was over when I worked at the beach area. So it was, you know, a bad time, worse than today. Today, if you want a job, just breathe. So be careful. Social Security is not designed to really pay today more than about a third of your expenses. It's designed to keep you from being in the street. Okay, now listen, uh, a big part of our listeners are women, and I appreciate that. Statistically speaking, you're going to outlive your husband. I know it's a crummy thing to think about on a Sunday morning, but it's what happens. Uh, I have heard statistics where you take the age difference plus 12 years, and that's how long you're supposed to plan to live without your husband. And these are averages, of course, you guys. So if you're five years younger, add that to 12. Statistically speaking, you probably will live 17 years without him. Right? So that's... We have to plan for that because here's what happens. In the Social Security world, you are receiving two checks, his and hers. Even if one spouse never worked outside of the house, they're entitled to the spousal Social Security check, which is, believe it or not, about 
half, a little less than half, about 45% or so, of the main breadwinner's check. So, for example, if he is earning 2000 a month in Social Security, you might receive 900 And if that's the case, together you have 1900 coming in. Well, that's not bad. I mean, it's not great, but it, it can certainly pay for a lot of really great things. Right? You can get uh, cars and car insurance. You could pay for your utilities. You can even pay for your mortgage or property taxes, depending on where you live. That's a big number. But when one of you passes away, you lose the lower of the two. And if, statistically speaking, the husband dies first, ladies, you're the one that loses the big number, uh, your number, the $900. So your income goes from $1,900 to $1,000 per month. Okay, so that is a... You have to plan accordingly. You, and you might say, well, that's okay because I still get 100% of his pension and I still get 100% of my pension. And I would say, fantastic, except. You go, what do you mean? Well, the tax law says last year you were filing married jointly. Today you're filing single person. A single unmarried person pays a lot greater percentage in their income tax than does a, uh, a married couple. Look at the tax charts. It's not even, it doesn't even take a, a professional to look at it. You could see married, you could make this much money. Single, you could make this. So you bounce to the next tax bracket rather quickly, which means your taxes will probably double because you don't have the write-offs as the other human being. And, guys, this is the problem. You're single filing single. I mean, you're stuck. So you have to prepare if the answer is because as a woman, you're going to be the one left alive, probably, how do you make sure that you plan accordingly? Because Social Security will reduce and, and take the lower of the two. Where we have a bigger problem is when we have his and her professionals. Both of them, let's say their Social Security checks are twenty six, twenty eight hundred a month. That's a big number. All right, they both together, they're nearly $6,000 a month in Social Security. You could live very nicely in a lot of places if all your bills are paid. I don't know. That's why Del Webb and Tucson, that's why people are moving to Phoenix and, and Henderson and all over the place you can move where you have zero state of California tax. Your home is paid for for $300,000. It's paid off. Right? You can buy a brand new home in some places in Texas and other places, Washington State, wherever you want to live. And you're doing so with 5500 6000 a month in Social Security. And we haven't even touched your retirement accounts yet. The reason I want you to be cautious and you need to plan is because you're going to lose half of your income, 50%. Because as soon as one of you dies, the, the lower of the two goes away. So you go from 6000 a month to 2900 or so. So just be careful, okay, guys? Uh, especially my lady clients, I, I want you to remember that. Okay, taking Social Security at the wrong time, we see this is a pretty common theme across the board where I need you to watch out for, I don't know, I say peer pressure, right? I, it, if we all knew when we were going to tie, I would have the exact answer for you because it's just a math problem. What do a lot of financial professionals say to do? Well, number one, the lower income uh, social security person, right? The one who receives the lower of the social security checks, that person, they should turn theirs on sooner. Let's say age 62, because that's the one that's going to go away as soon as somebody passes away anyway. 
So start collecting that right away the best you can. By doing so, you'll now end up a couple of things. Well, you'll have extra income coming. You can pay off bills. You could save it. You could just travel. You could do whatever you want with it. Every few months, take a big trip, whatever you want to do. But by waiting until age 70, 70, the amount of increase, which goes up 8% a year, so 8% times 8 years, that's a 64% increase. Now, I told you I wasn't going to go run around percentages and square roots and all that, but how do we keep... Just know it's not quite double, but just about, right? Just under double, let's call it, if you think that way. So I want you to wait with one of them, if you can, if financially it works. Because then when one of you passes away, you get the higher of the two social security checks, which, by the way, is the one that you turned on at age 70. Okay, it's the higher one. Because I don't want you to to think about this and say, well, if I turn it on early, I'm going to leave money on the table. Well, sometimes that's the case. Remember, if we knew when we were going to pass away, we would totally be okay with that. But the challenge is not that. It's, do you have other sources of guaranteed income? If you do, other accounts that we start Social Security now and we just let other accounts sit there and simmer for the next 10 years, okay, well, maybe that's the answer. So in each case, you might say, you might have two or three or four different points of view. I'm okay with that. You look at your math. You put together your expenses. You see how much other retirement money you have. Right? And you take a look at where you want to live. Don't forget your age. That matters. And do you have other sources of income? Because if you have other sources of income, pension guarantees, uh, rental properties, you're going to inherit money when mother or grandfather passes away. Those are other things to consider that your friends or family or, or neighbors may not. Because in your formula, I would prefer that you have more control over your retirement income rather than the government or rather than some corporation or something. I want you to have a little bit more say, if you will. Not on how the sausage is made, not behind the scenes, right? As I mentioned earlier with my plumber, I, I, I just said, hey, faucet is broken. I'll be downstairs. Tell me when it's fixed. And he said it will cost this much. I'm like, I'm in for that. Good. I got it. I didn't care. Well, now I need to use the, uh, whatever, that gooseneck pliers. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound really ignorant here. Uh, I, I, okay. Uh, I, I'm good at what I do, what I do, and then you do what you do, and I'm going to reward that because I'm going to honor it by paying you proper wages for it. And then at the same time, you're going to do a great job because you have integrity with the work that you do, and you have respect for your name that's on the plumbing truck. So this is a great relationship. I do what I do, and I'm good at it. You do what you do, and you're good at it. So in the world of retirement, my concern is where too much goes in one direction or the other. An example was this week a client comes in with a stack of statements, and I said, oh, that's a lot of accounts. He said, no, it's one account. I said, oh, okay, let's take a look. And it was one account. And the broker, uh, somebody, I don't know, somebody, traded the daylights out of this thing. Buy this, sell that, buy this, sell that, buy this, sell that. I said, wow, 
because of all this busyness, let's see how productive. And we looked, and he actually lost money in his account year to date when everybody else was making money. And you're thinking, you got to be kidding, guys. Is there not a supervisor or somebody that says, hey, Joe, your performance stinks. Why are you still you know, using our company business card? Get out. You would think somebody would say, hey, listen, Mary in the other room, she's getting three times the returns that you are. What's, go learn from her. Right? Go, go to training. Go train by her so, so she can tell you what she's doing. Because whatever you're doing is very busy. I love it. But you're not productive. I hate it. So when he came with all of these statements and looking, buy this, sell that, the only one who is guaranteed to make an income is the broker and the financial company and Wall Street. The only one who's guaranteed to not be guaranteed to make an income is the client. Look, if your food, shelter, clothing, right, your, your expenses, if they come from your, your paycheck, then play with your retirement income all day long. Buy this, sell that, IPO this, ABC that. I got it. I'm good with that. Go do it. But if you're telling me that you're going to start needing some of this income in the next, I don't know, even the next 60 months, you probably want to have less risk. And believe it or not, if we do the math, and if you come to my office and we do the math, I'm going to tell you, you know what? You've already finished the race. That is one of the most... um, that's one of the most exciting things of my job and what I do for you is you sit down and I say, okay, based on what you shared with me, your expenses, the retirement money that you have, your age, uh, where you want to live. Okay, got it. Yep. Uh, you're done. You go, what do you mean? I said, well, you're done. You, the race is over. You ran a marathon. You crossed the finish line. Stop running. I, I get that you're used to running. For the last, you know, uh, whatever it is, your your marathon, 26.2, I think. I get it. All right. But you don't have to run. Just because you ran for the last 26 miles doesn't mean you have to keep running. Because your ability to run run the marathon is not the same skill set as it is to now relax and enjoy your money. Travel. Maybe be a little slower with your pace. Maybe be a little faster with your pace, depending on what you did. So this whole idea of how I've always done things is how I'm supposed to always do things. It's not, it's not a reality when it comes to your retirement income. For most people, the retirement income has a different job. It has a job to be this little machine that goes out, makes money, kicks it back in your pocket. Goes out, makes money, kicks it back in your pocket. Oh my gosh, the world fell apart. Uh, Iran and oil this and China that, okay, goes out, makes some money, puts it in your pocket. No matter what, you're either going to stay the same or you're going to make money. So if the market goes backwards, you don't lose. So that's an important thing for the part of your money that you say I need to have protected. So one of the greatest uh, privileges, I think, of my job is when I sit down with people and they're so used to running that marathon And we go over the numbers and I say, you know, based on what you shared, I think you have reached the goal of retirement income. I think you're done. You don't need any more to have to go through this process of saving, saving, saving. You could now enjoy life a little bit. 
and the kind of risk that a lot of us had to take, right? When I was 25, I had to take different risk than when I was 45 or 52, 51, right? You don't take that same risk. So, all right, we went over some other ideas. The bottom line with Social Security is this. It's really tough to navigate it, and I get it. So always try to maximize your benefits for your situation. Don't try to build it so that your neighbor or your sister or your older brother or anybody else, right? They're going to know their own mistakes. They're going to know what they should have done or did do. But you're going to want to know how much money you have. And really, most notably, how much do you spend, right? Uh, How much does it cost for me to live? You might say, well, when I go to work every day, I have to buy lunches, I have to pay tolls, I have to pay for parking, whatever those things are that will not exist, dry cleaning bills, whatever, you will not have that same expense, especially if you can reduce your auto insurance or you can reduce some of the other uh, costs that are associated with going to work, and now you don't. Now, you might have travel expenses, nothing wrong with that, but be very careful with your plan. Folks, uh, let me reach out to you again and give you the number. It's 888-99-RETIRE. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, to hear what my listeners think, uh, you guys are amazing, and I really appreciate the, the kind words, uh, especially in the town hall and some of the amazing places that we're going to be at coming up. Uh, you guys have always been so kind to come by and say hello. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. I'm Arif Halby. This is the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions bring you the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.